You're listening to the Overcoming Daily Podcast with Anna Johnson of sacredlifecoaching.com. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Anna began her journey of becoming the Overcomer Coach as a licensed clinical social worker investing over 10 years to helping others in the mental health field. In her experience as a therapist, she became aware that believers are struggling from the same issues as non-believers. Same issues as non-believers. As Anna sought wisdom on this matter, the Heavenly Father inspired her to give up her clinical career in order to serve the body as a coach, to help them in overcoming life and spiritual challenges through kingdom principles. Kingdom principles. And so, the Overcomer Coach was born. Enjoy today's episode, Overcomer. Here's your host of the Overcoming Daily Podcast, Anna Johnson. Shalom. Hi. Welcome to season three of Overcoming Daily with Anna Johnson. My name is Anna Johnson and I am your Overcomer coach. This season is titled Testimonies of the Overcomer. And today's guest is Cody. Welcome, Cody. Thanks for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Now, Cody, for the audience, say your last name because it's a tongue twister for me. I get this all the time. Tomaszkiewicz. Yes. <laughs> wow. And you can say it with a bit of a accent. Yeah, I think actually. phonetically it would say be Tomaszkiewicz. Say it one more time. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. So uh, for the guest, Cody, why don't you just tell uh, those that are listening a little bit about yourself? Um, My name is Cody Tomaszkiewicz. I am a mom of three, married to my high school sweetheart. Um, We've been married for going on 18 years this year. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's about me. I'm, I homeschool. Um, I'm a believer. I love God. So that's, that's me. In a nutshell. Right. <laughs> and you, you were prior, you were prior military as well, yes, right? Yes, I was. I, I served eight years or seven ish years. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big deal. <laughs> that is a big deal. Yeah, I forget about All that. Right, it Cody, was so, so long ago, it um, feels like. So you and I have known each other how long? My husband and I, or you and I have known <laughs> each other for three years, yeah. I think. So, right before um, the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Three years. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, my last, uh, a couple of podcasts back, it was three years yeah. that I had known someone. And wow. I was like, Wow. Um, and we were just like, we use that podcast as an opportunity to kind of look back at like just the changes Mm -hmm. that had happened in her life, uh, as a result of our relationship and just her taking the time to overcome, overcome. Now I remember, so, you know, uh, for the listener, uh, I've coached you on and off for the past three years. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, I remember when we, when we, that first connection, it wasn't easy. No. Cause you had a friend, mm-hmm. you had a friend that kept trying to connect us Yeah, <laughs> and connect us. And you were just kind of like, I don't know if you were dragging your feet or if you were reluctant or you're like anybody else, like not making you a priority. Right. I think that just because all of my experience with getting help, I never really got the help. I didn't really like get 
the tools that I needed to fix the problem. So when I go, it felt like I was just talking to somebody, not really um, getting any good advice on what I should do in situations. It was just me talking and them listening. There wasn't any, what do you... Directing. Yes. Yeah. Movement. Yep. Movement for just a lot of processing. Yeah. Um, and so... Um, and, and so for the listener, when you talk, when you say help, like meaning, um, talk therapy, therapy like you had mental health yeah. therapy, um, counseling, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and I'm sure you've done your fair share of like reading oh, yeah. on like how to overcome certain things. <laughs> I've read know? a lot of self-help books. <laughs> yes. Cody is quite the researcher. I know this about yes. her. Um, and so you were reluctant, especially with me being a therapist. You're like, okay, just, this is just therapy all over yeah. again. Right. Um, that's what, but I do remember like it, that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that consultation, like that first time when we connected and I was sharing, sharing with you, like, no, um, this is different than therapy. Like we're going to, ident we identified the problem right. and actually even in that first session, you were already moving towards overcoming. Yeah. Right? Like, like just I in the free, really just in the free console. Yeah. I was yeah, really, the free really impressed. I, I went into it thinking I'm not going to get anything at the end of this. And towards the end, I was like, I actually feel a lot better. <laughs> so Hallelujah. yeah, that was a positive. The Father. That's what kept me going. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. Well, before we just dive in a little bit more, let's go ahead and pray. Okay. And let's just let the Father reveal what he wants uh, to be heard in this podcast. Right. Okay. So Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you that we are able just to encourage the listener today, Father, that they would be encouraged, that they would um, feel inspired to overcome daily, that this would be a message of faith and hope for them. Father, we thank you for the we thank you for our relationship uh, that Cody and I have had together and how you have been in the middle of it, Father. You've been working in the middle of our relationship and that you have indeed helped Cody, Father. You are the healer and you are you send the helper. So, Father, we thank you that you made all this possible by your son's blood. In your beloved son's name, we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let it be so, Father. Hallelujah. So, Cody, I asked you to identify a couple challenges. You know, you and I have been together for three years, so we've, been, we've worked on it all, oh, right? Yeah. Like, we've worked on a lot of things. We have. Um, and, and, and just for the listener, like when I say Cody and I worked on a lot of things is that actually Cody did, you did really well, like, cause you're a worker. Mm -hmm. So when I gave you things to do, you may have fell down a couple of times, oh, yeah. but you always got back up <laughs> yeah. and you always press forward. Yep. And, um, and so you really kind of moved quickly. Like, honestly, like some of the progress that you made over our, the course of our relationship takes people years in therapy mm -hmm. to get. So kudos Cody. Okay. <laughs> And I don't say that just because I love you. I, I tell you that because it's the truth. It's the truth. Thank you. Um, but we just chose to, like I said, we've talked about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. We've even tried to drag people into our sessions with us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, what are those two things? What are those two challenges that you want to talk about today? Um, rejection and negative self-talk. Rejection and negative self-talk. All right. Reje so those are two. Wow. And they, they're they kind of like they go together. Don't they, they really do? Yeah, they go together. Yeah, Because when you feel um, rejected, you start talking negatively about yourself and you start feeling down. And then it's just like a cycle that you can't get yourself out of. 
It's a spir it spirals downwards, yep. it right? It causes anxiety, um, which leads to depression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's so let's talk about um that rejection. Where did the like you know for the listener, where did that real rejection start? How how old is it? How old is that issue? Or how old was it? Because it's you're overcoming. Yeah, so it's it's so old. I honestly like childhood for sure. I dealt with some rejection where um, in in school I didn't always feel like I fit in, and I ha I was made fun of, and you had some there was some bullying. There was some bullying, school. yeah. People would call me names, and it would just really get me down. And I'd come home, and um, I'd try to talk to like my mom or somebody about it and they're oh it's just because they like you they're just making fun of you and i'm just like that's not how you tell somebody you like them <laughs> yeah. yeah and so um and 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 that wasn't always accurate right because you were there was some bullying by females and mm -hmm. just some mean stuff yeah. i remember i remember the things that we talked about mm -hmm. um now if i remember now you know, rejection for, you know, for the listener, like rejection actually can take root in the womb. Okay. Mm -hmm. So meaning that if a child is conceived and maybe they're not wanted, um, that spirit can kind of follow the child. Right. Um, and so I, I remember, I know that rejection had been with you. And when we say this is more than a feeling guys, mm -hmm. like this is an experience. This is more than a mindset. This is an experience that is um, just as much, um, spiritual as it is physical, right? Absolutely. Cody? Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, I cannot remember back to like maybe your mom's pregnancy in that. Uh, but I know that there was, um, definitely rejection in early, early childhood. Yeah. Uh, where, where would you say that, you know, if you had to pinpoint it? I think it's always been there. I've always felt like when I was really young, um, my dad, who I thought was my dad, would oh, say right. he was going to come and pick us up and he wouldn't show up. And so when he would show up, I wouldn't want to go with him because I, I honestly don't know why, but I just never felt comfortable when I was really small. And mm -hmm. um, eventually I did get closer to my dad. But then, um, I don't know, like I, I really struggled because I found out that my dad wasn't my biological father at an older age. And that really kind of set me down another spiraling path of anxiety and depression. Mm. And uh, it all turned out really good in the end. And I have a good relationship with my mom and with my bio dad. And I try to still keep a relationship with my, my other dad. But it just, it never, I still feel a little bit of rejection from him. Right, right, right. Um, so the rejection, like the rejection was real because mm -hmm. your parents, they, they divorced, they, they weren't, they separated. They How old were you when that happened? I think I was still in my mother's womb or very young. I gotcha. can't remember the date that they separated, but I know I was very young. I don't remember gotcha. a time them ever being together. Gotcha. And so you dealt with that, what, you know, like a, a lot of children deal with when parents divorce. Mm 
Uh, and it's really hard when you cannot, um, you know, I've done, I've done some like um, therapy with children whose parents have, are divorcing, yeah. you know, and really like at 10 and 11, the child is better able to communicate yeah. their frustrations, their feelings. Uh, but when you're younger, you're just kind of having this experience and you don't know how to put it into words. You're just trying to go with the flow. Right. Uh, and it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. Because you don't know, like, it almost feels like you have to pick sides and you don't want to pick a side because you love mm -hmm. them both and you don't feel like it, it should be that way. And it shouldn't. It shouldn't. You should still be right. able to love both of them. Yeah. Children have wisdom in that when it comes to relationships, like love unconditionally and let's just try to get along, mm -hmm. you know? Um, hallelujah. So that rejection, it followed you to school mm -hmm. uh, and you had some really negative um, experiences at school. Mm -hmm. um, really negative experiences. Do you want to share just a little nugget about like what, what that looked like at school? Just <laughs> one little bitty one. Yeah. Um, like on the bus, I remember this one girl um, would push me up against the window, um, like squeeze me to the point where I, I literally felt like I couldn't breathe. And she would just hold me mm -hmm. there on the way home from school. And I couldn't I couldn't breathe. I couldn't talk. And I remember just thinking to myself, I'm I'm going to walk home from now on. And I did no matter if it was cold or not, I would walk home and my brother would walk home with me. He was only a year ahead of me. So that worked out really well. And we found shortcuts to get home, which I didn't live very oh, well wow. school. But because of that bullying on the bus, I just refused to take the bus anymore. Right. And um, you and with, you know, kind of like just with your upbringing, you had to grow up pretty fast. Yeah. You know, like here you are choosing to walk home from school versus you know, having, you know, talk, having that communication with a parent that's maybe more stable saying like, oh, no, listen, mm -hmm. you know, like you were at a young age trying to figure out how to protect and preserve and create some sort of stability in your life. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that, you grew up pretty fast and you and you were like outside of your mom's home at like what age? I was 15 when I moved out of my mom's house. Um, I was gotcha. 15. I moved in with my dad for a short time. And then by 16, I was living with my husband and his mom, which was my boyfriend at the time. Gotcha. Yep. So you were like pretty much like almost like just a wife at 16 already. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Um, and then when did you go into the military? Were you like 18 when you literally went the day after I graduated high school, I actually signed a, I, I enlisted the day after September 11th and I left the day after graduation. Gotcha. So you, yeah, you did. You grew up really fast, <laughs> Yeah, really fast. <laughs> and, and the reason why I'm sharing this, you know, is that, um, you know, as we talk more about, as we migrate towards this anxiety that you've had to wrestle with, mm -hmm. um, is that childhood is supposed to be a place of stability. It doesn't have to be perfect, but a, a children need to have stable. They need to like not live in chaos. Mm -hmm. uh, and what happens is, is it, it, you know, some children are just a, like they're, they end up being adults that are like a hot mess. They can't keep it together. Yeah. They look like a mess and people are like, oh, they've got anxiety, but there's another side. And Cody was the manifestation of that other side. Like she was killing it, mm -hmm. killing it at life. Like, <laughs> Life was hard. And so she just said, okay, I'm going to just grow up. Yeah. 
My husband and literally you were doing would say really I well. excel in everything. Like everything I put my mind to do, I can excel in. But it's just difficult for me because once my anxiety takes precedence over that, I, I become my own worst enemy. Right. And so, you know, in, in therapy, I would uh, liking uh, anxiety too. And you may have even heard me say this where anxiety is like, it's this beast. Mm-hmm. And some people ride it and other people carry it. Yeah. And so, but if you have the beast, you're a subject to being, um, having to carry that weight, you know, you're, you're subject to it. Like it can just turn on you. Yeah. And so you were using anxiety to actually be successful for like, quite a while. Mm -hmm. But when you and I met, it was like, you couldn't do it anymore. Like it had, it had taken, it had taken, it flipped you around and said, no, I'm riding your back. Yeah. I was having extreme highs and extreme lows. It was so exhausting. And I got to a point where I was just like, I can't do it anymore. (laughs) Right. So it started out as being anxious. Then that led to a deep depression. And that's where you and I met. Yep. You were so tired. I remember that. You were so tired. I was having health issues and everything. It was just, I I was so tired of everything. (laughs) Yeah. And you were losing your fight. Yeah. You were losing your fight. And that's not Cody. No. That's not Cody. Cody's a fighter. (laughs) Yeah. So we met and, um, and we talked about, well, like, you know, what, what was the root of your issue? We focused on getting to the root of your issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first we had to deal with some surface things because at the time you were homeschooling Yep. and um, you have a strong-willed child, right? Yes. Or is she, if you changed, is she still strong-willed? Oh yeah. no, she's yeah. a little strong-willed still. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, motherhood is like, motherhood comes with its own challenges because we are, we are um, molding and shaping future adults. Right. And sometimes the future adults cooperate and sometimes they're like, I don't really want to get with the program. And it's such a humbling job because you see yourself come out in them and you're like, man, I better backpedal a little bit and reteach this because I did this wrong. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and so we focused on you. We didn't focus on the challenges with the kids. We focused on what your mindset needed to be, mm-hmm. how you needed to take care of yourself. One of the things was you were spreading yourself too thin. Yes, I was. And you weren't being very gracious towards yourself. No. Which leads us back to that negative self-talk, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was just, and you know, even now, like looking back, even now, like as we're, as we're reflecting, looking back, like we didn't identify rejection. If I remember correctly, we didn't identify rejection that first day. No, no, that was a later thing. A lot later, actually. Yeah. But when we look at it now, if you look back now, it's like, you felt rejected by your husband, mm-hmm. by your kids, mm-hmm. and you were rejecting yourself. Like you were just like, "I'm not good enough. I'm not measuring up." Yeah. You remember kind of some of that I do. thought process. I do, yeah. But all we could see in the beginning was um, a, a big cloud of like depression and anxiety that was exactly. so heavy, so heavy. Hallelujah. Um, So let's talk a little bit about like, how did you work towards overcoming that? Well, some of the things that I would do is journaling. Journaling was something that I've done for a long time. But what I would do is just draw because I'm very artistic and I like to do um, artistic things. But instead of doing just art, I started doing actual like book journaling, writing down everything and actually writing down the scriptures that were 
helping me to just basically to renew my mind so that my feelings wouldn't take me back to the place that I was delivered from. Right. In scripture. Now for, but for the, for the listener, Cody, and I, and you know, that was one of the things I'm like, listen, we've got to get focused. Remember? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for the listener, I was everywhere. Like, <laughs> right. And you know, and for, for the listener, they'd be like, well, Cody, you just don't understand. Like you just don't understand. Like I can't focus right now. I'm so depressed. I cannot do this um, journaling thing. How would you challenge the listener? Because I know you, I know the depths of your depression and your anxiety. Just resist that mindset. Don't let your circumstances de define who you are and to make sure that you put your, put your heart and soul into your study. And when you actually like start to read what scripture is saying, it makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It was your medicine. It, it was, was your medicine, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, do you think that coaching was helpful to you because of just the accountability and the support? I think that, but also just to have that Titus two woman in my life to mm -hmm. tell me, hey, this is what we need to be doing. What are you doing over there? Like, why are you thinking yeah. about that? Why? This, Helping this is you pull it in. <laughs> I call it squirreling. Yeah. And you know what? I think we're all guilty of it. We squirrel, yes. right? Yes. We totally squirrel. And I, be, I, and I still remember my Cody over here. Yeah. Where are you going? <laughs> Come back over here. Um, and so that, so one of the tools that was helpful for you is just the direction. Yeah. Just the direction, mm -hmm. just the direction. Um, and then, you know, um, what was another tool that you found helpful in, in coaching? Prayer and fasting. Fasting really helped me with my prayer life and being on your prayer team also was so beneficial because I remember days when I'd be fasting and I'm just like, man, I find myself praying so much more when I'm fasting. And when I'm praying, I feel closer to the father. And when I feel closer to the father, I just have this like lightness of foot where I just feel, I just felt great. My day went so much easier. And on those days, like, and then I started fasting just in the mornings pretty much Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, let's just kind of review a little bit. So three years ago, you and I, it's, it's been like almost over three years, but um, <laughs> we, we connected. And when you, we first connected, you were so depressed, mm -hmm. like clinically depressed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And anxiety and you given up hope and hallelujah for good friends. Okay. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> she would not, your friend would not give up on you. No, she kept she telling me. not give She, she was the fisherman. She went fishing. She, she would kept pulling you, drawing you out and, um, <clears throat> and trying to present you. She's like, you really got to talk with my friend, Anna. You really need to talk to her. Just call her, just call her. And I'm just like, man, I don't need another person just listening to my problems. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so we consistently, we worked pretty consistently for about eight weeks, like mm -hmm. real. Very uh, heavy. Yeah. And yes. And, and one of the things about um, coaching is, and you don't necessarily need to do it with me, but you need, you, we all need to take some time mm -hmm. to, we put, a, put aside that time to work on our stuff. Yeah. And if that stuff is too big for us, like you had like all these bags, all these baskets of dirty laundry, right? Mm -hmm. And <laughs> you needed some help sorting the laundry. Yeah. And and together, you know, we would put some things in the washer together. They needed special soap. We yep. put them in the washer. 
uh, together and we would wash it and then we dry it and then we fold it and and we could do that in an hour session. Right. We could do that in an hour we session. All, all glory be to the father. So if you, you know, for the listener, if you've got some stuff that is like, it's just too big for you. If it's just too big for you, seek the support that you need. You may need help doing that laundry. Um, yeah, it's not you know, for and, God. Give it to God and get friends to help you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's one thing we did discover in, in the coaching was is that you needed to give more things to God, right? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, holding so on those everything. Yeah. Right. And so for those achievers out there, because Cody was an achiever, she was very task oriented about getting things done and executing for the achiever that's listening right now. Mm -hmm. Give it to God. Give everything to God. Yes. So Cody would be like only I remember you'd be like only this is good. This this goes to God. This is mine. Yeah. Like This is my responsibility. Yeah, I would hold and on this to things. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is like it was there was a partial truth in that. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it is my responsibility. But there's only but so the much. Right. But the responsibility is for me to align myself with God's will and purpose yep. and work on my stuff. But I am not I'm not my own savior. The idea is when you when you align your will with with God you you bear fruit to other people you bear witness to other people and when they see that fruit then you are able to share scripture with them in an easier fashion that makes it like oh it's real yeah mm -hmm. it, it yeah it really puts um puts it into perspective mm-hmm real and authentic people people can see real and um like yeah. raw true authentic stuff they can see yeah. it um so, so I remember that is that you were holding on to a lot of things and you, and I, and I still, from time to time when we've coached, you know, over that span, I'll be like, Cody, this is not your responsibility. Put it down, <laughs> yeah. you know, put it down. Uh, now some people that are, that are listening, they might be saying, well, I don't take, you know, I, my life is so terrible and I have no power mm -hmm. and um, I'm not taking responsibility. That's just the other opposite side of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I would yeah. get but either that way, mindset you know. occasionally. And it was just like, man, why am I still stuck here? I shouldn't be here. <laughs> right. So, so since we met, since we've been together, like, let's just talk about the progression, the Cody that was three, how, how's Cody different? Like that progression, what happened to Cody? I'm more confident. The more I read scripture, the more I can apply it. And the, the things that I've learned with prayer, fasting, journaling, just delving deeper into God's word has just really solidified my faith and my belief mm -hmm. to be able to overcome the challenges that I've been facing mm -hmm. and give me it. Scripture literally gives me the tools because like I said, if you, if you don't renew your mind, your feelings take you back to the place that you've been delivered from. And mm -hmm. if you continue with your feelings, then you're just not going to get you get anywhere. Right. And I do remember that like feelings had become your truth. Mm -hmm. and yeah. I, I remember that like, and, and that's not just a Cody thing. That's an American thing, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> where you're like, I'd be like, well, Cody, this is that. Da, 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 and you'd be like, but I don't feel that way. And I'm like, well, but your feelings are not necessarily true. That doesn't mean that they're not valid. Yeah. 
That's they right. just can't define you. Right. You know, uh, and we worked through that. We worked through that. Uh, and now your rebound time, like the things that used to, cause this, we, you know, we want people to know, like, listen, there are times in life that even the, the best overcomer gets knocked down. Mm-hmm. And that was the other thing. Cause I remember we would be talking, you'd be like, oh my goodness, I'm like, I've totally like, I'm so far back now. Like I'm, you know, I was doing so good. Yeah. I was doing so good. And I'm like, Cody. I fell, I fell so hard. <laughs> Yeah. And you would think like, and I'm like, this is not a defining moment. Like your mistake wasn't a defining moment. Yeah. Um, you will get knocked down. So I say this for the, the listener, you will get knocked down. That's why it's important that you, re- you have your tools. Mm-hmm. And, and so your rebound time, cause life is not, you know, we won't share what your life has looked like, all the details, but your life over the past three years has not been easy. No, no, it hasn't. You know, you um, you had to overcome in the midst of challenges. Yeah, they literally shut down um, like procedures, and I had uh, infection that health, probably health should challenge. have been operated on during COVID, and I literally couldn't do anything. So they filled me full of antibiotics to hope and hope that it would go away, and it it just messed up my body and. I had such a horrible time getting myself back to where I am now. And I'm finally feeling like really good with, you know, restricted diet and exercise and just Mm -hmm. being, you know, who I am. I just really know that I have been doing my best to get myself to where I am now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you were over, so, so in your overcoming, we didn't wait for life to get easy. We just kept, in, matter of fact, I think life just kind of turned up the heat on you. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> the minute that you decided like, wait a minute, like when you finally got that inspiration yeah. to like, I'm going to do that after that, that first consult, it just seemed like you were thirsty and I just I happened to have a water thirsty. pitcher Yeah, and I gave you a little bit to drink. Yeah. And you were ready, but life just, the medical it, was, it was still being vicious. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the adversary didn't want to see me succeed. That's how I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, but your rebound time, when the, those times, that, and I know I can speak as your witness, like those times where life has knocked you down, mm-hmm. whether it be relational or health wise or um, just mindset wise, where life just comes and slaps you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, you like, you rebound a lot quicker than you probably would have in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because yeah. I'm able to renew and refresh in, and move in the forward. Lord. Yeah. And, and move, move forward, forward and move forward. Hallelujah. No more getting stuck. Right. Yeah. It may feel like quicksand, but we, but, but he is word. Yeah. is the rope. His I'm still holding on to that rope. rope. that pulls us out of the quicksand. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I'm so grateful for your testimony. Um, So a little bit, you know, before we wrap up, let's talk a little bit about the rejection and um, you know, you experienced a feeling of rejection from a young age. Mm -hmm. You experienced rejection uh, physically from a young age, even to like, even to the moment that you and I had met one another. Yeah. 
And uh, part of that was just like you were trying, uh, I, I, I suspect that you were trying to fulfill your value. It was. And then one day you're just like, wait a minute, I am valuable without doing anything. Right. <laughs> you know, like he says I'm valuable, I'm valuable. And I remember, I still remember, it's like, it, it's like you and I had that moment, um, I think it was like over a year ago, where we were having a conversation. It was like everything just opened up. <laughs> like we just saw it clear as day. Do you remember that day when yeah. we were talking and um, you're like, oh my goodness, I had never seen it that way before. Yeah, yeah. I've had many moments with you like that. <laughs> yeah, but this one in particular, it was something we were talking about rejection and we were talking about you as a child and how that was, how that, um, that rejection. I didn't see how it fit together. Yeah, I do remember that. Parents, we were talking about parents mm -hmm. and, um, and how even like how that, uh, that spirit of rejection is just trying to even influence your relationship with your husband. Yeah. And um, you were feeling really low that day. I was, yeah. And, and rightly so, because if I remember correctly, life had been treating you like a soccer ball. You know, mm -hmm. like you were in a season where you were getting kicked around mm -hmm. and um, it was a game changer because you had wrestled with unforgiveness. Yeah. You kept trying to, you kept trying to forgive, but it would just keep like, keep popping back up. And, yeah. and, um, and when we saw that and we saw the true enemy, mm -hmm. which was that spirit of rejection, it wasn't people. Right. And, right. um, you were able and once to, I was able to, it was again. easier to forgive after yeah. I realized that. And I was like, wow, okay. So it's not, uh, I hold on. Um, oh, I wrote mm -hmm. something down. When you learn that somebody's behavior has more to do with their own internal struggle, you learn grace. And that's what that taught me. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you kept saying, because you love, because you're like, well, you know, being a mother and you're like, well, I pour myself out for my children. I love my children. So you being a mother was like really hard to understand how another mother, mm -hmm. you know, wouldn't, wouldn't do the same thing. Right. Right. And so then, and you know, we see this with marriages too, where people be like, well, why, what's wrong with me? Why yeah. don't he love me? Or why doesn't she love me? Or why don't they love me? It didn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, Cody, you're not the problem. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're not the problem. And you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm not the problem. And I'm like, maybe they're not the problem either, you know? And, mm -hmm. and like, and I still remember that conversation What people can only give you what they have to give. Right. Right. And, um, and I still remember seeing you like in, in, in the prophetic, seeing you as this little girl waiting for someone to show up. Mm -hmm. And me having to tell you, like, Cody, it's okay to leave. You don't have to wait anymore. Right. You remember that? I do remember. I'm like, it's okay. And I, I guess, you know, I want the listener to hear that today is that, like, it's okay. Like, it, you know, you may be waiting. You may be waiting for that validation. You may be like, waiting for that love and support from a particular place. Mm -hmm. It's already been fulfilled. We have everything we need in Christ. We have everything in him. We have everything in him. It's fulfilled. It is now it's nice to have those things. And yes, we need relationships. We were right. created for relationships, but children, we're all just kids. Mm -hmm. you know, the adults are just acting. We're just pretending, you know, we're pretending yeah. to be grown up. We're, we still get into those emotional places, just like children, um, yeah. that childlike place. Exactly. And um, I do believe you left that room that day. You got yeah, I did. You, 
I left that room and I shut the door and I learned how to forgive because Mm -hmm. it, without Mm -hmm. forgiveness, I would have still been stuck in that anxiety and depression that I, that I was in then. Right. So rejection, what would your, like for the listener, can you tell me like some specific sentences so the people, if the spirit of rejection is operating in their lives or for those people that think that that spirit of rejection um, is a little too spiritual for them, just, just the thoughts, well, you know, even from a clinical standpoint, just the thoughts, what would they say? What would you hear when rejection was operating? Just a simple sentence. Um, when rejection, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. Um, you'll never make it. Did you ever hear the one that people are talking about you? People are looking at oh, you. Oh, yeah. Oh, Nobody yeah. wants you around. One. You're not they're, accepted. They're judging you. They're judging What's you. What's that? They're talking about you. They're judging you. I, I have, I, and a lot of my really close friends know that I have struggled with judgment. People are feeling like I've been judged by other people, not just because of things that I've done, but because of things that, you know, other people in my family have done or, but that doesn't define me. Their, their issues don't define me. What defines me is, is Christ. And Mm -hmm. that's where I'm going to stay. Right. And it really, what happens with those thoughts, you know, scripture says, um, Philippians, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. These are the things that we're supposed to be meditating on. Mm -hmm. But when you get such toxic thoughts, and, and, and maybe, you know, these thoughts have been, they, they've become a reality in some ways, meaning like you've been dealing with rejection and, and bullying since childhood, right? Yep. Um, it becomes a reality, like if we give into those thoughts mm-hmm. and sometimes we don't know because it's all we've ever heard. Right. Yeah. It's familiar. That, yeah. Um, then that led to you like getting to a place of compromise where you were making choices for yourself, even that, um, put you in places to be rejected. Yeah. Not knowing. Mm-hmm. See, that, that's the thing about that whole that thought process and that spirit. It always, it wants to always take you deep, deeper into a deeper oppression. It does. And so what happened is, is that you began to worry and think a lot and be nervous and experience some of that anxiety. And then anxiety just crushed you to the point of depression. Yeah. Like there's no hope. That's you were feeling it, pretty I- hopeless when we met. Pretty yeah, helpful. there's no hope. That's exactly how I felt. Mm-hmm. Like I, there's nothing that I can do to get myself out of this. And I, I, I was at the point of suicide. I just didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't see, but you know, the, the things that kept me grounded were my kids and just knowing that I am loved because regardless of how deep in my depression I was, I still knew that what I was feeling was just temporary and mm-hmm. it wasn't something that truly defined me. Right. Even though it was trying to tell you like, it's never going to get better. There right. was just that just enough in there to be like, wait a minute, I'm going to wait this out a little bit longer. I'm going to yeah. wait it out. I'm mm-hmm. going to wait it out. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that. There's, you know, we could talk so much. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I, I guess for the listener, I want them to know is that Cody didn't have it easy. Um, her life still isn't easy necessarily. <laughs> uh, 
but she didn't let that define her. She didn't let that define her. And, and you're, you're, you know, you're in that renewing of the mind. You're, you're saying over and over again, God, you define mm-hmm. me. Yes. You define me. And that's a daily thing. Cause overcoming, yes. I've got my overcoming daily shirt on today. I don't think anybody can yep. see it. But, um, you have to do it daily. It's not, it's not something that's one and done. It's a, a constant, um, lifelong process. process to fine tune your sanctification. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, Cody. So as we wrap up, what, what do you want to leave the listener with today? That you are not defined by what others say about you. Um, I'll leave you with Romans 6, 6. Our old self is crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. I mean, that doesn't, with that verse, it doesn't say that we won't feel like slaves. We're always going to feel like slaves to the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But also in Galatians 5.24, those who belong to Messiah have been crucified um, the sinful nature with its passions and desires. It's put to death. And so it goes back to what I said earlier, like dying to self is not a one-time commitment or it is a one-time commitment. Dying to self is a one-time commitment, but it's a lifelong process to fine tune Mm -hmm. that sanctification. That's what sets us apart just Mm -hmm. to keep that in mind. Hallelujah. And yeah. And so, um, and meaning the, the death, the death that has to take place is anything that doesn't align with the father. Um, mm-hmm. cause he's put a purpose and a plan in each and every one of us. So yeah. anything that doesn't align has to die, right? Cody, it has to yes. die. And yes. sometimes that idol doesn't want to go down. Does it like it doesn't, no, it does go. not. And it we, keeps we, I know you and I together have pushed some down and they try to pop back up. Yeah. Um, but we, we'll keep pushing them down and uh, as long as we'll keep pushing them down till they don't get back up. Right. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So this concludes episode four of overcoming daily with Anna Johnson. Uh, till next time, I pray that you'll have an overcomer day. Shalom. Shalom.